Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. This will be the first episode in our Grapeseed Friends series, where we sit down with an influential member of the Grapeseed community. This series will be less about practical teaching tips, but instead give you a look either behind the scenes at Grapeseed or even highlight an inspirational story. Today's guest is Luke Swan, the animator for and voice of Mr. Lineman, the character we and our students all know and love. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. Oh, Adam. Thanks for having me. I Great. appreciate it. Love the voice. Thank you. Let's start with the background of Mr. Lineman. How was the character created? How was he created? Um, I think Lineman was created by Loretta Cusack. She used the stick figure character to as a teaching aid for teaching students how to write the letters of the alphabet. And the core concept was that this stick figure had like a head and a belt and his feet, which represented the three note lines Mm -hmm. that you'd write with. And then you'd use those um, keywords as starting points for where you'd write the letters and stuff. Mm. And then we were kind of just starting up here and they came to me and said, hey, do you want to work on this lineman character stuff? We got this stick figure we want you to animate tonight. And, it didn't seem that interesting to me at first because I considered myself kind of like a an, an artiste, animator, you know, person who should be doing complicated things. And it was a stick figure, but with a little bit of convincing, we took it on, and um, yeah, that's kind of where it where it started. Just trying to develop different ideas for to how how we can make a stick figure drawing letters entertaining. Yeah. So. It started as a stick figure, and then how did it evolve to how Lineman is what we see on the DVD? Well, yeah, so we wanted him to have certain um, characteristics, something that would work well with movement. So we wanted to have the, him kind of be like an inkblot character. Well, that's what we ended up with. It was this inkblot character. But we went through a few different iterations. I think at one time, you know, uh, a core idea for Lineman was that he was to be a construction foreman, you know. So we had him with a hard hat and a tool belt, and he'd pull out this blueprint, and he'd direct these little helpers, and they'd come in, you know, with cranes and trucks and build scaffolding and build these letters and stuff. But a lot of that ended up being too time-consuming on the, you know, because we can't make, like, a four-minute uh, Lineman animated thing. So mm. we were asked to simplify... Uh, the ideas and that's when we kind of came up with the inkblot character something that could change shape and form and sort of create the tools that it needs on the fly Mm. to uh, to write the letters and stuff and then what might call the magic moment when everybody thought we had something pretty interesting would have been when you know one of the problems was getting the little helpers onto the screen and they need to come on quicker and with less things and so we just uh, eventually i kind of um just thought well yeah, we'll just have them pop out of his elbows and knees and it was kind of a throwaway thing it, it's funny how th- that happens sometimes where it, something that you don't really expect to be funny or uh people for people to like it sort of an kind of an afterthought idea becomes a main like drawing point for a show or a character and that was kind of what the elbows and knees popping off came came to be so it was really you know everybody was really excited about that and and that's kind of when we knew uh that 
maybe this character could be something pretty cool. Nice. So one thing that really stands out with the Line Man episodes is that the humor really shines through. So what was the original plan with that? Was the original idea that it would just be a strictly educational, not so entertaining spot or was the the plan from the get-go to kind of have that humor, have that entertainment value in there? Well, I think that kind of comes from necessity. If, you know, kind of a weird thing with learning, at least my personal philosophy, is that if you're not enjoying yourself, then you're not going to retain anything that is being put in front of you. So, Mm. um, and, you know, when you're planning a the lion man storyboard or whatever and this comes back to like the elbows and knees popping off you know he's like okay the letter's drawn lion man walks in he says hello and then he writes the blueprint and at this point it's like it's all pretty basic stuff um you know very learning and not super entertaining and you know i'm sitting there with my storyboard thinking to myself like something interesting has got to happen here or else I'm going to be working on this if it's not fun I'm not going to enjoy making it and if I don't enjoy making it I can't expect anybody to enjoy watching it so something's got to happen here so okay elbows and knees pop off you know Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still surprised at how well that went over but it really is just like something interesting needs to happen something to keep the kids engaged so the jokes are just kind of organic to the material you know we've done we do set pieces too but i mean you want to stay clear of those because a lot of times you're trying to keep the running times of the episodes shorter yeah you had said that when you first came up with the idea of the elbows and knees popping out the little helpers that everybody reacted really positively to it did you also foresee that kids when they ended up watching it would fall in love with line man so much did you foresee him being as popular as he has become i mean you never really know when you're going into like making things Mm -hmm. you hope you know there's you always hope that people will like it art's weird i mean if we talk about kids cartoons as art but it's sort of um it's a weird process because whenever you create something you're kind of putting yourself out there for like for judgment Mm-hmm. in front of others, whether it's your peers or the kids who watch your cartoons or your family or whoever it is that's going to be looking at your artwork. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just hope people respond positively or negatively. The The worst thing is if they have no reaction at all. If it's boring, if it's boring and nobody remembers it, then that's like the ultimate failure, I think. Hmm. But... Um, so, and, and Lyman was always really, when we developed these episodes, we'd always get positive feedback and a lot of negative feedback too. Like, oh, at one point we thought, oh, he could pull his mouth off and then it becomes like this portal which things come, <laughs> come out of. And I mean, I thought it was a great idea, but people were just like, that's too weird. And that ended up getting axed. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of things like that. But the, the, the nature of the feedback, because people were, re- were reacting strongly to it, whether it was positively or negatively, it, it, it shows that you're, like, you're on the right track. People are responding mm. um, to it. And then it's just a matter of like, fine-tuning the ideas without losing that essence. The, the number one crime you can commit is to create something boring that people won't remember. Mm. So walk us through, because most of the people 
that are going to be listening, including myself, aren't animators. We don't really know how the process works. So walk us through the process of making a Line Man episode. How does it start? How does it kind of proceed? Um, well, first we're given, you know, obviously there's letters and then one letter per episode. And then we're given a list of vocabulary words that we can use. So, and we try and pick three that are at least somewhat related or we can kind of string the ideas together. And then after that, you know, we try and come up with some kind of theme for the, for the story to sort of tie all of it together in some way. And I, and I know it all seems real random, but generally there, it, there is a theme and things are connected. Maybe it's a bit abstract at times, I think. But, um, but uh, when life gives you lemons, uh, <laughs> and then what happens is every lineman story has a basic template. It's like the note lines, you know, come on, lineman enters, and then blueprint, little helpers come out, draw the first letter, and then announce it, clear the board, small letter blueprint comes out, draw the small letter, announce it, clear the board, and then word, word, word. And the word gags are usually where the the jokes, I mean, there's jokes everywhere, but those are specific places to like highlight images and have an interaction. And then we kind of move through those to the ultimate kind of conclusion. So what happens then is we take that, that sort of template. So we have this template that we're working off of, and then we're in every episode, we're just kind of making changes slightly depending on the word content and stuff. So I will do storyboards. Mm -hmm. And a storyboard is basically like a comic book, but for animations or movies. So we can see step by step, like how the story plays out. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's usually the hardest part. Um, Cause once you know what you're making, then going in and like animating it is, it takes a lot of time, but it doesn't take, it's not too hard. Like most of the hard thinking is done and it's just executing on the plan. And then uh, when we started, we used to draw on paper and then we'd scan each sheet of paper one by one. Mm -hmm. And in the Lion Man episode is, in the early days, we'd be doing like 500 drawings per episode. And then wow. by the end, they were closer to like a thousand. But, um, and you know, you'd scan those in one by one. You have to make sure they're all lined up and then you'd compile it in the software and see the animation play out and see if it works. And then, then if that was good, then you would go back and with pens, just trace everything, ink it, and then bring it into Photoshop and color all the cells so that they're, so that he's line man. Mm -hmm. But then there's all the back end, the sets, the lines drawing on, a lot of the little helper animations were done digitally, a lot of the sets and the designs were done in After Effects, and that was a whole, you know, as hard as Lime Man was animating the character was, the all the set stuff was um, just as hard, if not harder. Mm. Um, and then once that's done, you know, we'd have like a, a rough cut of what, what we have, and then we'd send out a, a render and send that to the, the sound guys who did all the music and the sound effects and stuff. And, um, and then that's kind of where a lot of the magic would happen because when we get that first pass of music back from the sound guys, it mm -hmm. was like, it, it's so weird because you'd have this thing animated but without sound, like maybe my voices would be in there 
but you you know you kind of be watching it and, and the pace would feel too slow and then mm. and, and you'd be wondering like is this any good but then for some reason as soon as we get the sound back from Josh and Jeff it would it, that's like when the magic would happen and it would and it all would come together and be like hey it's it's gonna work it's gonna work everybody and then after that once it goes through approvals then um, goes into the editing bay and gets compiled onto the DVD with the rest of the content. Okay. So like an episode, let's say like the A episode or the U episode, how long time-wise in like real time does it take to, from start to finish, from the initial storyboarding all the way to, like you said, the post-editing, how long would it take for one episode to be made? Um, well, storyboarding would usually take a couple of weeks, uh, depending on how slow or fast I would work. But usually they're approved in a couple of weeks, and then we'd maybe have three or four weeks to um, do production. And we'd usually do two or three Lyman episodes at a time. Okay. And they'd all be in, like, varying. So we'd get one through storyboards, and then, you know, and then that would start, would go into keyframing. Well, the next one starts getting storyboarded and then offset. Assembly lined a little bit. A little bit. And there's only two of us, me and uh, Nate, who probably has as much to do with the creation of Lyman as I did, if not more so. But yeah, we would just do these, you know, assembly line kind of through. And I mean, you're looking at like th- three to six months per unit. I think in the early days, we, they were given maybe six months per unit to... To, to get through this stuff, and it was a lot of hard work. When we switched to when we switched software to Toon Boom, which was all digital and puppets and stuff, then things started going a lot quicker. Okay. But then the temptation to because the software is so powerful, the temptation to like just beef everything up and make it look that much more awesome was uh, hard to resist. And so then the production times start going up again, but things look better. So. I don't know. So you're still trying to keep to like the original theme and style, but then playing with the new toys that you have, basically, right? Yeah, I don't know how well we were we did in in maintaining a consistent look and tone because a lot of it was experimental and um, you know, and we were always just trying new things. But at the very core, you still had the same pattern that you followed of, like you mentioned, with the drawing the capital letter and then cleaning it, wiping oh, yeah. it clean, and then so lowercase, the, yeah. Yeah, the curriculum stuff was pretty nailed down. We never messed with that formula too much because there needs to be some sense of consistency. Mm. Um, and especially the, the learning part was really important that it was the way it was. And we could have as, almost as much fun as we wanted to have within that framework. So, mm. so it was good. And it's fun to experiment. Um, artists need to experiment so that they can grow and learn new things. Hmm. So with the later episodes, so when we're teaching the multi-letter phonograms, we have the word warehouse episodes. How did those get conceived originally? Well, after the the A to Z letters were done, I thought we were going to be done with Line Man. Um, and a part of me felt like there didn't really need to be more Lion Man, but um, it was it was popular and people wanted more, and and so uh, and I felt like if we're gonna do more Lion Man, then it has to be something kind of different. It has to be something different, something new. And the multi-letter phonograms were presented, 
to me as an option, uh, something that Lyman could teach, and it seemed like a good idea. We were talking about, okay, well, we have this, you know, CK, you know, we have these words, and they, they want to show how the thing is read in, you know, a few different words. So in some ways, it was similar to the the vocabulary sections of the A to Z episodes. But I didn't want the format to be the same, so I thought maybe, like, the concept of a warehouse, like, where do these letters go after they, mm-hmm. you know, after they're written? Well, they go to the warehouse, of course. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, if these guys are builders by nature, then what they create needs to go to someplace, a warehouse where they're stored and then shipped out to whoever needs to use them, I suppose. So, you know, I thought, okay, Lyman's Word Warehouse. And then the other idea I thought was like, well, Lyman's been the main character for the first series and like maybe it shouldn't, the new series should be less about him and more about like the little helpers. Because people like the little helpers, they're cute. And, um, and I thought that, that there, at least from character standpoints and stuff, there were things that could be explored there. So we kind of started playing around with this warehouse idea I remember this meeting and I know this and I'm going to take credit for this idea because no one else will because everyone looked at me like I was crazy but but I was like well what if because we were doing CK at the time and I was like what if we have these words get read through and they go through this machine and then out the other side comes like this goofy sentence and then whatever this goofy sentence says like has to happen by law of linemen so and I just, and you know, I looked through all the words and stuff and, and I said, okay, how about the duck kick the sick chicken into the truck? And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, no, 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 it's gonna work. The duck kicked the sick chicken into the truck. And I, I don't know why they listened to me because usually that's the, exactly the kind of thing that people are like, no, you're not doing that. It's too, <laughs> whatever, but, but, but they let it go and, uh, and, you know, we made it as a test case, and I, I, it's still, to me, like, that joke is just funny because it's, it's just a sick kid, you know. And they were always kind of meant to just sort of be these these jokes at the end were supposed to be kind of like Looney Tune-esque, just one-shot joke punchline thing, and then we're out. And the goofier the sentence, the better. And then, depending on what happens in the sentence, maybe you sort of build the rest of the episode, the factory floor and the machine and all that stuff around that idea to try and have the joke make sense when we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then started making those. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, think, I think of those, my favorite is the ONG, the strong man played a long song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really fun to watch because that it kind of pans back and forth between the little helpers and the orchestra playing right yeah the little helpers (laughs) are slowly over time getting more and more bored and like just yeah it's really hilarious even for adults so i can really understand how kids would like it too one of my favorites was um the he gave the purple turtle a burnt hamburger (laughs) and i remember the director coming back to me uh when they reviewed that one because if you remember the goof, it's like everyone's waiting in line for hamburgers and there's a turtle, but, but he's, he's green, right? And they're, all, they're painting the house and stuff like that. And then right before the turtle gets his hamburger, a little helper on the scaffolding knocks over a purple bucket of paint and it hits the turtle and turns him purple. And, and uh, John said that in the review area, 
you know, when the sentence came up and the turtle was green, everybody was like, oh, no, no, this is not, this is not right. This is not good. And then when the paint bucket fell, <laughs> everybody was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And I was like, ah, Got gotcha. <laughs> that felt so good. Uh, and I don't know how good that episode is in the grand scheme of things, but it, it has a special place in my heart just because it, it it got some people going for a while. That was exactly what I was hoping for. People were like, oh, no, it's not purple, it's green. Oh, yeah. Got to watch to the end. In that vein, from a creation perspective, which Line Man episode was your favorite? This can be either of the single-letter phonograms or the multi-letters. Uh, there's so many to to choose from. I mean, I'll, I'll like they're all special. It's it's weird. I still know all of them. Well, almost all. It's starting to get fuzzy now, but um, I know almost all of them by heart. And I still really liked. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best episode, but a, probably my personal favorite would be Line Man U. Um, and so, as the as your favorite one to make, or the one that you think turned out the best. Is uh, to me, it was the you was the sixth episode we did. It was the last one we did in Unit Two, and it was um, it was just kind of special in the sense that it was the first time that we really saw Line Man and the Little Helpers interact with each other in any meaningful way to sort of establish their relationship, and it was. It felt so organic too with the way that the words went because we had the clouds with the rain and then the umbrella and the wind kind of blows them away and and it, it, it has this nice sense of pace and it's the first time you really get in sort of an idea of like who these characters are as living, breathing things. Like before that they were just blah, 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 you know, and like some goofy jokes and some interesting ideas. but that was the episode that went from like line man just being kind of like a stick figure inkblot dude to like line man and the little helper being like what they are it set the precedent for everything else that came after so mm. it's my favorite episode from that sense okay um line man t is pretty good multi-letter phonogram ones again the one with the turtle i really liked uh the one with the pirate ship uh, <laughs> and the soap oa i think so many good ones, too many to, to list, really. There's also some new stuff that we've been working on, uh, some new Word Warehouse things that are going to be pretty cool. I'm excited for people to see them. We're Something to look on. forward to. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So you have your own kids that have gone to Mason. Yep. What do they think of Line Man? Oh, they love it. Um, yeah, they they love it. They, they like to brag about me... My dad is Mr. Lyman too. My my friend, they're my friends. They're friends. <laughs> Do they have a favorite episode? Uh, yeah, I asked. I I asked my oldest what she liked. She she liked X. Ah, that's another good one. X with the UFOs and stuff. Mm. That one went through a lot of changes. There's a whole sequence there when like the the. Um, was it six linemen pop out mm -hmm. originally they were all going to be different ones one of them was like the strong man from the the conductor okay right uh one was like a conductor dude one was like uh uh there's a dude called boxhead yeah like he just comes out of this cardboard box but his boxes and he's and he's like 
weirded out and there was like a there's like a tall skinny dude that had like a bubble pipe there was like a big fat guy that was kind of bouncing around and there's like this little short dude so there's all these sort of different versions of linemen but the sequence was like way too long mm-hmm. and so they cut it an alternative universe lineman yeah Ooh, that was that was rough <laughs> having to change that was rough but you know the current version is pretty good I mean it would have added a lot of time to it but yes she likes Lyman X Lyman A is very popular mm-hmm. um, she liked R a lot um, the one when he does the robot dance mm-hmm. and turns into a rabbit so shifting gears from Lineman, Lineman was a lot of your life when you were animating here but it wasn't your sole focus so what are some of the other grapeseed materials that you helped animate we worked on um, we worked on all the Coco Chan stuff, which okay. was the so the character in Hold Hands of the Friend in Unit Two. Yeah, she's got the little the pigtails and yeah, we we did we did all those. Um, actually, the weather song was the very first project we did for Grapeseed before Line Man started, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. That was a great project to get our feet wet with Rio Sakamoto the person who created the Kokochan character she would come up and she'd approve all the storyboards and then she'd come up and she'd actually draw the keyframes for all the animation personally and then we wow. would take those and animate them and stuff so it, you know the animation was actually touched by her hand and she's a delightful person to work with we had a great time doing that we also did um, Jack-o'-lantern okay. which was a lot of fun yeah uh, the mail carrier song, another one. That yeah, my favorite. Yeah. So of the of the Kokochan things that you were animating, did you have a favorite of those? Oh, the weather song, just because it was the first, and you never forget your first. Cow cow, uh, is super fun. Oops. Ah, unit nine. Yep. Um, you know, and a lot of those we had an intern for a while, um, Lisa. And she ended up. We put we put her on Coco, kind of like f- not full time, but close to full time. And she did the storyboards, and you know she planned it out. And we, we thought that with um, because Rio created it, but she couldn't oversee all of it. And we needed someone with like a bit of like a feminine sensibilities hmm. um, to sort of direct the animation and. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like, well, she was an intern, but she was very good. So, so we we're happy to do that. And, and some of those that um, we made was just so great. Yeah, I really love Oops. Hmm. Well, that about wraps it up from us. So, thanks again for joining the podcast, Luke. Uh, thank you for having me. As always, thank you for listening, and good luck in the classroom. Bye. Hey everyone, do you have a question about Grapeseed that you would like answered on this podcast? We will do some occasional mail carrier episodes where we answer your questions, so feel free to write in. You can email the show at mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. M-A-I-L-C-A-R-R-I-E-R at grapeseed.com. Keep in mind that we may not be able to answer everyone's questions on the podcast, but if you leave your contact info, including your country, we will make sure to get back to you, whether it is on the podcast or in a follow-up email. We look forward to hearing from you. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say.
It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.